Turn with me this evening to Psalms chapter 23. Psalms 23. Very familiar scripture to you tonight. We won't preach to you. Very familiar thoughts, but very needed thoughts sometimes. Psalms 23. This is a very familiar scripture in Psalms 23 and a very familiar place in your Bible. It's usually one of the first places that a child learns in the Bible. Some of the, some of the verses in this, in this text that we we're going to read is some of the very first verses that a child will memorize in their Bible. Um, it's amazing to me how much, how much depth is in these simple verses. We take these verses a lot of times for granted and not looking into the depths that are in them, but it's amazing to me how great these verses go and how deep that they go and the truths that we find within it. This thought that is in Psalms 23 of the Lord being our shepherd is a theme that is carried throughout your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's a theme that is carried out in, in different ways. We find that, that Moses was a shepherd. He went on the backside of the desert and he went out and tended his father-in-law's flock. And we find Abraham uh, on back there in the book of Genesis. He was a shepherd. You find other men in the Bible that God used. David was a shepherd. Uh, you find the Lord Jesus likens himself unto a shepherd. Uh, you find this theme is used throughout your entire Bible. And it's a great, great truth and a great place in the Word of God. And I, I, to be honest, I preach on this. I've preached on this in my ministry very few times, just simply because of the great truths that are in it. It's something that, that uh, every time I preach it, I feel like I can just barely skim the top of what's actually in these verses. It's amazing how deep these verses go. So we're just going to try our best tonight to preach to you just a few simple things that the Lord's give us out of this, and we'll go to the house. Amen. We love the Lord and appreciate Him, what He's done in the past few weeks, what He's done this morning. We appreciate his presence. The Bible says in Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you this evening, God, another opportunity to be here. God, we thank you, Lord, for each one, God, that's here this evening. We thank you, God, for the privilege. God, the opportunity, God, that you've given us, we thank you for your goodness tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, for, God, the presence, Lord, in the building tonight. God, we pray that, Lord, you'd help us tonight, overshadow us. God, I pray you'd speak through us and by us. God, I pray you'd take, Lord, the word of God tonight. And I pray you'd magnify the name of Jesus, Lord, above every name tonight in this place. I pray, God, tonight, God, you'd meet our needs. Lord, you know the very numbers, the hairs upon our head. God, there's no doubt tonight, God, that you know our needs. And I pray tonight, God, that you'd encourage, God, your saints. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you'd encourage, God, those that are lowly tonight. God, I pray tonight, God, you'd help that one, God, that's backslidden, God, that needs, Lord, to be restored. God, I pray, Lord, you touch them. And God, that sinner, God, that may be in the building, God, I pray you draw them to the foot of Calvary. And Father, we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Bible says here, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That very familiar verse there in Psalms 23 and 1. You've read that all of your life. If we look into that verse and we find uh, the Bible likens the Lord unto the shepherd. And he says the Lord is my shepherd. And every time I read that and I, I touch on this thought uh, many times, but I can't get past that little two-letter word of is. 
Every time I read that verse and many times that I have tried to preach this scripture, I get hung up on that little two-letter word because it means so much in the Word of God. Just that little two-letter word that the Lord is. I'm so thankful tonight that it don't say the Lord was or the Lord used to be, but I'm thankful tonight that it says the Lord is. Amen. I'm glad tonight that if you're here and you're facing a trouble, you're facing a trial in your life, you don't have to worry about what, what used to be or what is going to be in the future, but I'm glad tonight we can open up our Bible and it becomes a very present help in the time of need. I'm thankful tonight that the Lord Jesus is right there waiting on us to call upon his precious name. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And the first thing that we find uh, about a shepherd in the word of God is that a shepherd is not just anybody and not just anybody in your Bible could be a shepherd. Not just anybody uh, could do that job that God put forth to be a shepherd. You find that a shepherd is somebody that watches over a flock of sheep. Uh, amen. And you find that the Bible likens the Lord Jesus unto a shepherd and he likens us unto sheep. Amen. He likens those that are saved unto sheep and those that are lost unto goats. Amen. You find there that the church of the living God is likened unto sheep. And when you begin to look at the life of a sheep, you find that it lines up just very perfectly as to the way we are and the way we act a lot of times. Sheep are an animal. They are very, uh, they're a, a very uh, uh, animal that is led by other people. A sheep is an animal that will not think for itself most of the time. It just follows what everybody else does. It's a herd animal and it follows wherever everybody goes and just like every other animal that is a herd animal, a sheep, if they don't have a leader, they don't have a shepherd they will take a pecking order and there'll be one of them that stands out above the rest of them and it'll begin to boss the rest of them around it'll begin to do the say and so and it'll begin to make the decisions and it'll be the one that leads the flock and notice I said if they don't have a shepherd but if they've got a good shepherd the shepherd will stand out, the shepherd will keep that one and it will become just like the rest of them. Tonight it's important that we look not to one another so much, but that we look unto the Jesus. Amen. It's important tonight. I understand we need each other, but if we look at each other long enough, we're going to find faults and we're going to find failures. I mean, we need each other at times, and the Lord knows that. That's why He put us together in the church. But if we look at each other too closely and we look at each other too long, we're going to find faults and we're going to find our failures. I'm about to stomp this microphone. Praise be unto God. If we look at each other long enough, we will find that we all have our faults and we all have our failures tonight. If you look at your preacher long enough, you're going to find that I have my faults and I have my failures because I'm still clothed in flesh. And until the day that the rapture takes place or until the day that I die or go, go by the grave, friend, I'm still going to have faults and I'm still going to have failures. Amen. And if I look at you long enough, if I look at our deacons long enough, our Sunday school teachers and our church long enough, we could find faults in every single one of us. It's important tonight that we look to the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ in everything that we do. Because as he said in John chapter 10, he said he is the good shepherd. He's not just any shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd because he purchased his flock. He went out and he sought out those sheep. He didn't just go out and he didn't just take a big flock and take over that, take somebody else's flock. No, sir, he went out seeking each one 
one individually. He gathered them up together. It says over there in the New Testament that He sets people in the house of God as it pleases Him. It's amazing to me that God seeks us out individually. He takes the time, friend, because He's not just a good shepherd, but He's a personal shepherd. He's personal unto us. He looks at our lives personally and He puts us exactly where we need to be. You may be here tonight at Old Savannah Baptist Church and you may wonder how in the world did I get here? Can I say God put you here? That's why you're here tonight. You say, preacher, I don't always like it. I don't always agree with everything that goes on. I say amen. But I say to you, God put us here. So I say amen. We might as well just get in and just look unto Jesus, our good shepherd tonight, and follow his leadership. He's a good shepherd tonight and that he purchased his flock. He went out and he sought after us. He looked for us. That old song that's in the hymn book, it says he knows every place that a sinner could be. He went looking for me. He found them all out. Friend, I'm glad when the Lord found me. He found me plunged in the depths of sin. Yes, I was a church member. Yes, I looked like I was doing good. Yes, if you'd have asked somebody if I was a good person, more than likely they would have said yes. But you know what? In the depths of my heart, I was plunged into the depths of sin. I'm glad Jesus knows every place that a sinner can be. I'm glad that he sought me out. I'm glad that he bought me with a price. Friend, know that you're not your own anymore, but that you are bought with a price. You see, friend, a lot of people don't understand the fact that you don't belong to you anymore. You used to belong to Satan, whether you believe it or not. You used to be his, and you used to be a vessel for him. The Bible says that we all had our conversation with the flesh, with the lust of the flesh, and we all walked according to the principalities of the air. But friend, when we got bought by the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm glad that I became his. I'm glad I'm not my own anymore, but that I belong unto him. And I'm glad that because I belong to him, he's got my best interest in mind. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I mean God's looking out for me. I've got a shepherd that purchased me. And because he paid the price for my sin, he's looking out for me. He's taking care of me. He's keeping me. He's looking out for me when the road gets rough. When Satan puts roadblocks ahead. When Satan puts struggles in her path. When Satan puts people that you don't agree with in your path. I'm glad that God is looking out for me. And God's looking out for you tonight. You see the good shepherd because he sought those sheep. And because he bought those sheep. He loves those sheep. I say to you this evening, there's not a sheep in God's fold that he does not love. But he loves each one of those sheep with a love like it's the only one. He loves that entire flock. But he loves each individual sheep like that's the only sheep that there is. Friend, I'm glad for the times that God gets me down and God begins to love on me. And I feel like I'm his only son. I feel like I'm the only one he loves. But I'm glad in the same moment he's doing that for me. He's doing that for you. I'm glad he does that for all those that are a part of his fold. You see, I'm glad tonight that he's a personal shepherd to us. He's not a shepherd that's a way off. He's not somebody that we do not know. But I'm glad tonight that the sheep, they know their shepherd because their shepherd knows them. You see, tonight you can't be part of the sheepfold unless you know the shepherd and unless the shepherd knows you. In John chapter 10, he says over there, he said, I am the door of the sheepfold. You see over there in the old in that Old Testament economy, when they had those sheep out there,
there in the field. They had a big hedge that went around about. And they would put those sheep inside of that sheepfold. And there was no way to get in except one entrance. And the Lord, the shepherd was standing in that door. And if a sheep went in, it had to go in through the door. It had to pass by the shepherd. It had to go through the shepherd. So friend, for you to get into the sheepfold tonight, you had to pass by the shepherd. And for you to do that, friend, the shepherd knows you and you know him. Tonight as you enter into that sheepfold, there becomes a personal relationship with that shepherd. There becomes a relationship, friend, that is like none other. You see, when me and my wife was dating, we knew each other. But when we got married, friend, there became a relationship that is like none other. It's not the same relationship that it was when we were just acquaintances or even when we were dating. But friend, when we got married, we became one twain in the flesh. There became a relationship there that is like none other. When you got saved by the grace of God and you entered into the sheepfold and you went through the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a relationship there that began to be formed. It became more than an acquaintance. It became more than somebody you looked at from a distance. It became more than somebody you just heard his name a half a dozen times. But he became somebody that you know personally. I want to ask you tonight, do you know him personally? Do you know him, friend? And does he know you? He's a personal shepherd unto us in that he knows our every need. He knows what's going on with his flock. He knows what's going on with each individual sheep. He looks at them. He watches after them. And he knows each one of them individually. He knows us by name tonight. That song that we sing about the cries have awoken the master. Isn't it amazing singing that song? You began to realize that he knows the sound of your voice. A friend tonight, if my wife calls me on the phone, I know the sound of her voice. If my children pick up the phone, I know the sound of their voice. There's some of you in this church, if you were to call me on an unknown number, very quickly I would know the sound of your voice. But there's others that may call me and I'll be wondering for a few minutes, well just exactly who is this? I'm glad this evening when I began to pray and talk to my Lord and Savior because I know Him and He knows me and we've got a relationship together. I'm glad that when I began to speak, He knows that it's Austin Frady in Whittier, North Carolina that's talking to Him. I'm glad He don't have to look up. He don't have to think for a few minutes. But He knows the sound of our voice because we've got a personal relationship one with another. Our Good Shepherd tonight, He's personal unto us in the fact that He protects us. He protects us from the harm that is out there all around us tonight. You may not realize it. You may not even want to admit it. But around us tonight, Satan desires to have us. Jesus told Peter over there, He said, Satan hath desired to have thee and to sift thee as wheat. I say to you tonight, O Savannah Baptist Church, that Satan would love. He would love to get in the midst of our church. He would love to get a toehold in your life and in your life and in my life and he would love to sift us as wheat he would love to take what God's been doing around here and put a rock in our path he would love to tear us up right now that people would look at us and they'd say oh that didn't really happen that must have been fake that wasn't really of God I say to you tonight Satan desires to have us but as Jesus told Peter he said I have prayed for thee I'm glad tonight I've got a good shepherd that's protecting me from the things 
that are out there trying to harm us. He puts us in a sheepfold and He puts us in a place of protection. They planted those bushes around about and they would grow up with big thorns and it would make a place that was unable to be penetrated by the enemy. A friend, the thieves and the robbers could not penetrate into that sheepfold. They had to come through the door if they got into the sheepfold. I'm glad that God puts us in a place and God puts a hedge of protection about us and God protects us from the thief that wants nothing more than to steal, to kill, and to destroy in our lives. I'm glad tonight that God is looking out for our best interest in protecting us. God not only protects us, our good shepherd not only protects us tonight from the thief that is out there that's wanting to steal your joy, kill your testimony, and rob everything you've got that for the glory of God. He's wanting to take everything you've got that brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus. But I'm glad that our good shepherd is looking out for us and God helps us along the way to stand steadfast and sure that one day when we come to the end of life's journey, we can say as Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I have run my race and finished my course. I am now ready to be departed. Friend, we can stand at the end of life's journey knowing that we've done what God would have us to do. Knowing that we live in God's will because we've got a good shepherd that is protecting us from the wiles of Satan. We've got a good shepherd that protects us from each other. You say sheep are bad as I was telling you. There's always one sheep. If they don't have a shepherd or if they're not following the shepherd, there's always one sheep that stands out that wants to be the boss. Amen. I'm not going to tell you what them commentators say because some of you ladies get mad. I ain't even going to go there tonight. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and tell you because you're wondering. Amen. If you get mad, get mad to deacons. Amen. I'm just playing. Them good, them, the commentators say and theologians, they say, and I don't think a whole lot about what they say sometimes. Amen. But according to nature, the biggest female is the one that rules the roost. Amen. Now, it don't matter tonight whether you're a man or whether you're a woman. I said that to say this. It don't matter whether you're a man or whether you're a woman tonight. It don't matter whether you're a male or a female. We need to look to Jesus. Because He's our good shepherd. He's the one that we follow. He's the one that we look after. He's the one that we look to. You see, if we begin following one another, we'll begin to butt heads. That's what happens when them, them sheep, when them sheep begin to, one of them begins to take, a, take the boss lead uh, and begins to want to be the one that rules the roost uh, and wants to be at the head of the pecking order. Uh, uh, friend, they'll begin to fight one with another uh, and they'll begin to butt heads with one another. Now that's what goats do, not sheep. Amen. A goat is built to do that. God designed the goat's head in such a way that they, they can butt heads with such force uh, uh, that it would make a grown man cry if they were to butt you. Uh, they can knock grown men off of their feet. Uh, uh, just a little bitty goat. Uh, they've got a lot of power and their head is very hard uh, and they can stand that force. Uh, but a sheep is not designed to butt heads one with another. Uh, they are designed to live peaceably. Uh, they are designed to live one with another uh, and follow their shepherd. Amen. It's important for us to realize, and I say this many times, I'm going to say it again tonight, but it's very important for us to realize that we're all sheep tonight that are saved by the grace of God, and we don't need to be fighting one with another. 
Hey, man, we don't need to be quarreling one with another and butting heads one with another. Hey, man, we've got an altar here tonight, and it's got several different purposes. I, one of them is to see people get saved by the grace of God. It's a good place for you to meet the Lord. It ain't the only place you can meet the Lord. I, you can meet the Lord anywhere He'll meet you. Amen. But this is a good place to get saved by the grace of God. I, it's a good place when you got sin in your life to get rid of it. I, it's a good place when you need to be restored back under the fold. I, when you got out of the way and you've got backslidden on God. I, it's a good place to get caught back up uh, and get back in line with what God would have you to be. Uh, but it's also a good place uh, when there's trouble among your brethren, uh, when you're butting heads with a fellow sheep. Uh, it's a good place to get in there. Uh, and this is something you don't see much. Uh, how many times have you seen two people that was fussing and quarreling in the house of God uh, go to one another and get each other by the hand uh, and begin to make their way to an old-fashioned altar? Uh, have you ever seen that take place? Uh, I mean, I've seen people get right with one another, uh, but when was the last time you seen two people in church actually get each other by the hand and get in an altar and say between me, you and God we're going to get this right and we're going to leave this altar right with one another and right with God. You see if the sheep are not right with one another they can't be right with the shepherd because when you're not right with one another you're focusing on one another and not on the shepherd and if you're not careful friend the shepherd will be leading and you won't be looking and you'll be left out of the way. It's important for us tonight, brethren, to be right with one another. Amen. It's important for us to be right. I'm going to say it one more time because somebody didn't get it yet. It's important for us tonight to be right with one another. We're praying for God to do big things and that means Satan's going to do big things too. It means that Satan is going to try his best to throw a monkey wrench in our lives and he's going to try his very best to take what God is doing and he's going to try to stop it before it ever gets started and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say the way I feel Satan is going to do that is between the brethren. That's the way he works. He gets us at each other. Friend, it's important tonight that we realize that there's an enemy that's not us. It's important for us to realize tonight that if we'll keep our eyes focused upon the shepherd, that the shepherd will one day take care of that other sheep. I mean, that sheep may have problems, but you've got problems too. Hey, we've all got our problems. There's none of us in here that are perfect. Hey, man, tonight, if you were perfect, they'd have put you on a cross. Amen. There's nobody in this room perfect. Hey, man, sometimes we just have to let God take care of the imperfections of our fellow brethren. You see, it's all I can do to keep the beam out of my own eye. Friend, it's all I can do to keep myself right with God. It's all I can do to walk close to God myself. I can't keep you right too. Amen. And to be honest with you, I understand that I'm your pastor tonight, but it's not my job to keep you right with God. Amen. That's your job. That's up to you tonight. You see, these, these sheep, when the shepherd would begin to look at them and there would come a time in the year, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. There would come a time in the year that this personal shepherd, because he wanted to protect his own sheep, he would take that rod that he carried with him and that staff. And that rod and that staff is used for two different things. It's used to ward off the enemy. It's used to ward off those that would come against them. As David slew the bear and the lion, it's very likely that he used a rod or a staff to do that very task. It's very possible tonight that he used one or the other tonight. But there's also... 
of the fact of the matter that those two are used for the correction of the sheep. And God corrects us because He loves us and because He wants to protect us. And God puts us in a sheepfold, not to make us, not not for a reason, just to put us all together for no reason. But God puts us in the sheepfold for our own protection, because He knows that there's strength in numbers. And that when the people come together, my friend, he knows that it's a strength. When they agree on one thing, he said, if it be bound down here, that it would be bound in heaven. That's why God put us together. There comes a time each year that a shepherd would go out and he would take that rod. And that rod is used to lead that sheep. But it's also used to inspect that sheep. Most of you probably heard preaching where the preacher would preach about how the sheep would come down through there and that rod he'd put on one side and then the other. And it was used to lead those sheep. But that rod goes a little bit further than just leading them. Once a year or ever so often, he would take them sheep down and with that rod in his hand, he would begin to take that sheep up into his arms and he would begin with that rod to inspect every ounce, every inch of that sheep and see if there was anything out of place, see if there was any kind of parasite, see if there was anything on that sheep that did not need to be there. There's a time and a place in our lives uh, that God gets us down uh, and because He loves us, uh, because we're His personal sheep uh, and because He's wanting to protect us uh, from dangers in our life, uh, that He gets us down uh, and He begins to go through us uh, and He begins to inspect us uh, and He begins to see if there's any parasites, uh, if there's any knots or nodules uh, in our lives that don't need to be there. At that same time, that shepherd most likely would shear that sheep, begin to take the wool off that sheep and begin to clip that wool off. You see that wool in itself, it started out as a very small thing, but it began to grow on that sheep. And while it was small, it wasn't too much of a hindrance. But as it began to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, it began, my friend, to cause that sheep some problems. It began to cause that sheep not to be able to get through the thick places of life. It began to cause that sheep to not be able to go where it needed to go and do what it needed to do. It began to cause it to get hung up in the briar thicket. It gave a place for parasites to get in and to lodge and they had their own protection in that wool so that shepherd would take and he would begin to shear that sheep I'm glad every now and then we get things in our life that don't need to be there I'm saying we get worldly possessions that don't need to be there we get different things and different ideas about life that just simply don't need to be there somebody ought to say amen because whether or not you like it we all get those things that we do not need in our life and they begin after a little while they're not so bad at first we can handle them at first but after a little while they cause us spiritually speaking to get hung up up, and we can't go with the flock like we ought to go and a good shepherd has to get us down and while he's inspecting us he goes ahead and he shears us and he gets rid of that excess that we do not need amen there's a message in that in itself I wish I had time not preach on that amen tonight praise God you, you realize tonight that if God gives you an abundance of money I know money's a touchy subject. But God can take that if it gets between you and God. And God can shear that out of your life. 
If God gives you too many worldly possessions, by His grace you put that before Him, He can begin to shear that out of your life, lighten your load if you will, and God can then take that wool and use it for something for His glory. Tonight, if you'd be willing to give up what you had to to God, amen, tonight God would take that and God would use it for His glory. You say, preacher, it'd be a waste if I'd done this or it'd be a waste if I'd done that. I say to you tonight, God could use it for His glory. That wool, even though it had grown on that sheep, even though it had become a hindrance to the sheep, when the shepherd took care of it, it became a blessing to the shepherd. He could begin to take that wool he could begin to make his winter coat. He could begin to make something out of it that he needed. God can take what you've got in your life tonight that's dragging you down and it's hindering you. And if you'll give it to him tonight, he can use that for his glory. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says we're not owed anything in this life. Brother Frankie was testifying this morning. I appreciate the way he testified. He said, I'm a hard-working man, but I wouldn't have anything without God. You know what? I understand Brother Frankie's a hard-working man, and I appreciate anybody that goes to a job and works, amen, and supports their self. I appreciate that. That's able to do so. Amen. But Brother Frankie, he said, without God, I couldn't do it. What he's saying is I can't put breath into my lungs. I can't make myself have the strength to call on that truck every day and drive down the road and sell them tater chips. And you can't either. Everything you've got this evening is something that God gives you. If God's blessed you abundantly, I say to you tonight, hallelujah, because that's a blessing from God. That's something that God has given you. But if it's coming between you and God, it becomes something that weighs you down. And sometimes God gives us things just so we can give them back to Him. There's been times in my life that God has given me an extra $100 and God give that just for the purpose of giving it back to Him. There's been times that God's blessed me with something that I really didn't need. It was above what I needed. And God give that to me just to give it back to Him. Sometimes God won't give us anything because we ain't willing to give it back to Him. Amen. There's a time and there's a place in our life when God gives us so much and we just simply refuse to give what He's given us back to Him. My friend, and God cuts it off. Amen. I appreciate a tithing people because it's biblical. These people that have come out in the last few years and they say, well, that's Old Testament doctrine. They say that's not needed in the day and hour that we live. You don't need to tithe because it's not in the New Testament. It's an Old Testament doctrine. Well, I say to you, amen. It was before the law. It was during the law. I believe it's after the law. I believe God will bless somebody that does what God said. Amen. And give a tenth of what God has blessed you with because you couldn't have got it unless God gave it to you anyway. Abraham tithed way before the law was ever thought about. He gave tithes over there. And he gave it, my friend, for the glory of God. He didn't give it for recognition. He didn't give it for himself. He didn't give it to make anybody look good except for the glory of God. They tithe under the law because it was a commandment. We tithe under the, under the age of grace out of love. We give back to God a tenth of what God's given us. Amen. A tenth or more. 
we give that back to God. Hey, Amen. Because we love Him because He's done so much for us. Hey, listen tonight. I understand being saved is a blessing beyond blessings. We cannot even begin to describe how good it is to be saved. But I began to look around a lot of times and I see those that are in the rest homes this evening. I see those that are at the hospital. I see people, friend, they can't get out. They can't work a job like I can. They can't go out and they can't do what we can do. They can't get out of the bed in the morning by their own power. They can't walk, my friend. They can't do the things that we do. It's a blessing to be able just to get out of the bed in the morning. It's a blessing to be able to put both feet on the ground. It's a blessing to have two arms to be able to lift up towards Jesus and to say, thank you, Lord, for all that you've given me. God's blessed us abundantly through salvation, but God's blessed us more and more and more in giving us all that He has. And it's important for us to give back that which we owe Him. I said that which we owe Him. You see, we owe a debt that we cannot pay. The only way we can even begin to repay that debt is just to do what thus saith the Lord. You see, Jesus said, if you love me, did, did He ever say in there, if you love me, you'll go to church? Did He say, if you love me, that you'll be a good person? He said, if you love me, do my commandments. Do what I say. And if you do His commandments, then you'll go to church and you'll be a good person because you'll love your neighbor. You'll love each other. And you'll love God first and foremost. I'm glad I've got a good shepherd tonight that takes us down and inspects us, gets the parasites out of our life, gets the things that we don't need out of our lives. I'm glad that God takes care of His sheep. We not only have a shepherd that protects us, but we've got a shepherd friend tonight that has provided for us. Our good shepherd tonight, he's provided us a Bible. I've been preaching on that Bible. He's provided us the Word of God. Boy, sometimes I just get down and I begin to think about how blessed we are. I began to sit down and think about, I wonder how Peter felt on the day of Pentecost when he had to rely on God and his memory. Amen. Boy, my wife, if she thought I had to rely on my memory, she'd say we'd have to fold it up. Amen. I'm glad I've got a Bible with the Word of God. I'm glad tonight that God's blessed us in providing the needs that we have. I'm glad God's provided me with a roof over my head, shoes on my feet, clothes on my back. I'm glad God has provided in the days and in the times and in the hours that I thought that we did not, we wouldn't have. I'm glad that God has provided for me. The time, spiritually speaking, that I'd got down so low that I thought I couldn't go any further, that I couldn't get down any lower. I'm glad that God in that very moment, instant, God provided what I needed. God provided for me the spiritual help that I needed. I may have told you all this, but one time when I first started preaching, our washing machine blowed up at a bad time. God's blessed us and we've never lacked anything, but you know how it is, sometimes the bills come in faster than you can pay them. And it was at one of them times of the month when we didn't have a lot of money and our washing machine blowed up. And when you got two young kids, you need a washing machine. Amen. And God knows that. I went to preach at a church and, and I've never been a preacher that's asked for a dime and I ain't going to start. Amen. I ain't preaching for money and I never will preach for money. If I have to preach for money, I'll fold it up. Amen. I appreciate a church that takes care of their pastor. Amen. I appreciate that. I believe, amen, if you're standing on the rooftop in the flood and God sends a helicopter by and you say, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. Amen, I believe that's a foolish man. 
Amen. You understand what I'm saying? You get where I'm going? All right, as long as you're still with me, we'll keep preaching. Amen. But we was at one of them times of the month, and we went to a church to preach, and pastor got up after we got done preaching. He said, we're going to take up a love offering for this brother. He took up that love offering, and it far exceeded anything that I ever dreamed it would be. Just so happened it provided for me and my wife a washing machine right in the time that we needed that the most. I'm glad tonight I've got a good shepherd that will provide our needs. I've got a good shepherd that provides our spiritual needs, but he knows that our physical needs sometimes can hinder us spiritually, and therefore he will provide our physical needs also. I'm not saying God will put a bass boat in your yard. I'm not saying God will put my friend the best deer hunting rifle in your hand. I'm not saying that God will give you everything you want, but I am saying to you tonight that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. You see, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God owns the hills of our own. He planted the grass that they're eating. He planted it all, praise God. And He will provide for His children, physically and spiritually. God provides for us, but He's also give us a great promise. He said over there in the last verse, Psalms 23, He said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow thee all the days of thy life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm glad that I've got a good shepherd that's going to help me along the way down here. But one day there's going to come a day when he's going to come back. I'm glad tonight there's a day coming when Lord Jesus is going to come back in that eastern sky. He's going to say, come up hither. And I'm glad the church of the living God is going to leave here. Amen. The Bible says that we'll meet him in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm glad that He's given us a great promise and He's given us a blessed hope that we can look forward to one day. Well, if we didn't have nothing to look forward to tonight, it'd be miserable, wouldn't it? God's given us promises for the journey, but God's given us promises for eternity. Not just promises for the journey, but I said promises for eternity. I'm glad tonight Jesus is coming back for me because I'm one of His sheep because the Lord is my shepherd because I know Him and because He knows me. I'm glad I ain't one of them old goats. I'm glad I got on the right side and I'm glad that Jesus is coming back for those that are looking for Him. I'm glad He's coming back for a church without spot and without wrinkle. I'm glad one day we'll hear those precious words and we'll leave this walk alive to be changed in a moment and the twinkling of an eye and friend will ever be with the Lord and over there in Thessalonians he said wherefore comfort one another with these words it's comfort in knowing that not only does he take care of us down here but he's got our eternity taken care of too I pray a lot of times and when I first started praying this I really didn't understand what I was saying but I say God help us with that which we cannot help ourselves with my children they have things that they can't do for themselves well, I began to realize after I became a daddy that I had things I couldn't help myself with. These things I can't do for me. And these things you can't do for me. I began to realize that I need to say, God, help me with that which I cannot help myself with. I can't provide my eternity. <laughs> I don't know if anybody got there or not, but I did. I can't provide my eternity. But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go away to prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there, you may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we know not the way. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Friend, I wonder tonight, are you in the sheepfold? And I wonder tonight, if you're in the sheepfold, are you following the good shepherd? Are you following after him? Or are you butting heads with somebody else? I don't know why I preached on that button heads part. To be honest with you, I hadn't even thought about that all day. But when I got behind this pulpit, the Holy Ghost just started giving that. And I got enough sense to know when God does something like that, it's for somebody. You may not tell me, and I may never know, and that's good. To be honest, there's a lot of times I'd rather not know. I like getting behind the pulpit. And, and when before I was pastoring, it was easy going around preaching when you didn't know nothing. I mean, you just listen to God. You didn't have to listen to what nobody else said. I, I've been to Graham County. I've been to the far ends of Jackson County, Macon County. Go to these places that I didn't know nobody and they didn't know me. Honey, I could just get up, me and God, rear back and preach. I didn't know what was going on. I, I didn't know who was doing what. I could just rear back and preach hell hot and heaven sweet. I, I could preach sin and abomination in the sight of God. I, I didn't know what anybody was doing. I, and it didn't make no difference because I didn't have to look at them that night. I, hey, man, I got to go back to my home church I, and somebody else had to deal with them. I, I could just rear back and preach to them. I, but you know what? When I started pastoring, if I preach hard on Sunday morning, I, I have to climb back behind this pulpit on Sunday night and look you back in the eye and preach to you again. Amen. So I like it when I don't know what's going on. Amen. I understand that as your pastor I have to know what's going on most of the time. But I like it when I don't know. And I like it when God just gives it that way. So I wonder tonight, who was God speaking to? Would you stand tonight with the pianist come to, to the piano? Once again as I as I've preached this, I there's so much in this. I could probably preach on this for six months. All the benefits of a shepherd, all the attributes of a sheep. There's so much in it. We could never preach the entirety of it. But in this little simple message tonight, I wonder if God spoke to your heart. Has God said it's time to quit butting heads? Has God said it's time to quit fighting with those that are already in the sheepfold? We ain't a bunch of goats, church. We're sheep. We need to follow Jesus. Who are you following tonight? Are you following a certain group, a certain crowd, a certain individual in the church? Or are you following Jesus? Who are you following tonight? Would you come? God's speaking to your heart. God says time to lay it down. 